Chapter Two of A Cousin's Conspiracy or A Boy's Struggle for Inheritance by Horatio Alger, Jr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Abigail Rasmussen. Chapter Two Uncle Peter's Revelation. Ernest went direct to his home, for he knew his uncle would be waiting for him. The old man's eyes were closed, but he opened them when Ernest entered. Was I gone long? asked the boy. I don't know. I think I fell asleep. Shall I give you some of the drink? Yes. He drank a small amount, and it seemed to brighten him up. You look better, Uncle Peter. You may live some time. Peter shook his head. No, boy, he replied. My time has come to die. I know it. I would like to live for your sake. You will miss me when I am gone, Ernest? Yes, Uncle, I shall miss you very much. The old man seemed gratified. Ernest was the only one he cared for in all the world. I don't care so much about dying, but I am anxious for you. I wish I had money to leave you, Ernest, but I haven't much. I am young and strong. I can get along. I hope so. You will go away from here? Yes, uncle. I don't think I shall care to stay here after you are gone. You will need money to take you away. There is a little more in the trunk but only a little. It is not quite all I have. I have a hundred dollars in gold laid away for you. Ernest looked surprised. I must tell you where it is while I still have life. Do you remember the oak tree on the little knoll half a mile away? Yes, I know it. Dig under that tree five feet in a westerly direction. There is a wooden box about a foot below the surface. There is nothing to mark the spot, for it was buried a year since and the grass has grown over it. After I am gone, go there and get the money. But don't let anyone see you. It will be best to go at night. There are evil-disposed men who would rob you of it. I am sorry it is so little, Ernest. But it seems to me a good deal. To a boy it may seem so. Once I thought I might have a good deal more to leave you. Go to the trunk and search till you find a paper folded in an envelope with your name. Ernest went to the trunk. He found the envelope readily and held it up. Is that it, uncle? Yes. Put it in your pocket and read it after I am gone. Then be guided by circumstances. It may amount to something hereafter. Very well, uncle. I have told you, Ernest, that I do not expect to live long. I have a feeling that twenty-four hours from now I shall be gone. Oh, no, uncle, not so soon exclaimed Ernest in a shocked tone. Yes, I think so. If you have any questions to ask me while I yet have life, ask, for it is your right. Yes, Uncle Peter, I have long wished to know something about myself. Have I any relatives except you? I am not your relative, answered the old man slowly. Are you not my uncle? he asked. No, there is no tie of blood between us. Then how does it happen that we have lived together so many years? I was a servant in your father's family. When your father died, the care of you devolved upon me. Where was I born? In a large town in the western part of New York State. Your grandfather was a man of wealth, but your father incurred his displeasure by his marriage to a poor but highly educated and refined girl. 
a cousin of your father took advantage of this and succeeded in alienating father and son the estate that should have descended to your father was left to the cousin is he still living yes but my father died yes he had a fever which quickly carried him off when you were five years of age was he very poor no he inherited a few thousand dollars from an aunt and upon this he lived prudently carrying on a small business besides your mother died when you were three years old your father two years later and then you took care of me yes and i have been a burden to you these many years no don't give me too much credit a sum of money was put into my hands to spend for you we lived carefully and it lasted we have been here three years and it has cost very little to live in that time the hundred dollars of which i spoke to you are the last of your inheritance you are not indebted to me for it it is rightfully yours what is my uncle's name stephen ray he lives a few miles from elmira on the erie road and is he quite rich yes he is probably worth a quarter of a million dollars it is money which should have gone to your father then the wicked are sometimes prospered in this world yes but this world is not all has there been any communication with my cousin in all these years yes two years ago i wrote to him what did you write you must forgive me ernest but i saw you growing up without education and i felt that you should have advantages which i could not give you i wrote to your cousin asking if he would pay your expenses in a preparatory school and afterwards at college what did he reply go to the trunk you will find his letter there it is in the tray and addressed to me ernest found it readily may i read it he asked yes i wish you to do so it ran thus peter brant sir i have received your letter making an appeal to me in behalf of ernest ray the son of my cousin you wish me to educate him i must decline to do so his father very much incensed my revered uncle and it is not right that any of his money should go to him or his heirs the son must reap the reward of the father's disobedience so far as i am personally concerned i should not object to doing something for the boy but i am sure that my dead uncle would not approve it besides i have myself a son to whom i purpose to leave the estate intact it is my advice that you bring up the boy ernest to some humble employment perhaps have him taught some trade by which he can earn an honest living it is not at all necessary that he should receive a college education you are living at the west that is well he is favorably situated for a poor boy and will have little difficulty in earning a livelihood i don't care to have him associate with my boy clarence they are cousins it is true but their lots in life will be very different i do not care to communicate with you again stephen ray ernest read this letter with flushed cheeks i hate that man he said hotly even if he is a relative peter i am sorry you ever applied to him in my behalf i would not ernest if i had understood what manner of man he was i may meet him some time said ernest thoughtfully would you claim relationship never declared ernest emphatically it was he you say who prejudiced my grandfather against my poor father yes 
in order to secure the estate himself? Undoubtedly that was his object. Nothing could be meaner. I would rather live poor all my life than get property by such means. If you have no more questions to ask, Ernest, I will try to sleep. I feel drowsy. Do so, Uncle Peter. The old man closed his eyes, and soon all was silent. Ernest himself lay down on a small bed. When he awoke hours afterward, he lit a candle and went to Peter's bedside. The old man lay still. With quick suspicion, Ernest placed his hand on his cheek. It was stone cold. He is dead, cried Ernest, and a feeling of desolation came over him. I am all alone now, he murmured. But he was not wholly alone. There was a face glued against the window pane, a face that he did not see. It was the tramp he had met during the day at the village store. End of chapter 2